We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome, 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 welcome. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome to Dream uh, Draft Rules. Everything around me, you know, has had to. We've got the draft in one week, one week from today, and that is um, terrifying. I think uh, at the at the same time as very exciting. Um, but I think terrifying is a good word for it. You know, I feel like we've got a lot of a uh, lot of reports, a lot of ideas being put out there. Um, and man, I just you know, I'm 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 always thinking about the Knicks, so I would say I'm anxious <laughs> to find out what they do. You know, I just cannot. Um, I said this uh, on the upcoming episode of draft class that uh, I think that I'm going to be excited no matter what. Um, but uh, you know, you can't, you can't guarantee that. I just think I will be. So uh, yeah, that that's, that's a start. Um, we had a trade recently that affects 
the you know the state of the draft a bit. Um, the Dallas Mavericks loaded up the NBA 2K trade finder and threw their scraps and the 26th pick into it and found a team willing to offer like a two and a half, three-star value player, right? So Christian Wood switching Texas teams, you know, going from being part of the Houston Rockets to the Dallas Mavericks. I think they have another move coming because I don't see Dorian Finney-Smith and Christian Wood being like their solution and the front court. But, you know, I do think that uh, this move was all right. You know, this move was pretty good for the Mavericks. If you have someone as good as Luca on the team and you're pretty comfortable with the culture of the team, I think acquiring someone like Christian Wood or funnily enough, like Julius Randle um, can be a really good move if it's a buy low due to attitude problems, which, you know, both of them have, which, you know, that's all right. <laughs> Some similarities here between these two big men. But I, I got to say, I think I like the move for Dallas. Houston, they've got to nail that pick. <laughs> you know, we've got to see what they do with that first round pick. But uh, it's really nice to have those until they actually become players. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see who they take, who is so worth it. They had to trade wood for them. I, I know Christian Wood was going to be out of there regardless, but I just feel like that value wasn't perfect. Uh, regardless, we are here. We are here on Dream to talk all of your questions related to the Knicks draft. So whatever, whatever you have, um, listen, throw it at me. I'm here to answer any questions you, you want to throw out, uh, you know, prospect a or prospect B for the Knicks. Who do I like more? I love that kind of question. Um, if you just want to throw prospect X out there and ask me to talk about them a little bit, I could try my hand at that too. Um, but I will be honest and I will say, Hey, I haven't watched more than two games. So that's my rule. I don't know if I mentioned this a lot on the show, but, um, once I watch two full games of a player, I'll add them to my board. And I'm talking about like the full game, you know, not just their highlights or something like, yeah, no, the the full game. That's the point at which I feel comfortable, um, really, really talking about these players to an extent that like where I sound like I know what I'm saying. Um, Cause if I haven't seen two games, I'm not going to sound like I know what I'm saying. Cause I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, regardless of that, um, drop your questions, whatever y'all got, I'm here for it. And other than that, man, I'm just keep, I keep thinking about possibilities. I keep, I had this feeling today. We're going to trade down. You know, finally hit me. Um, <laughs> the Brock Aller signature uh, that, that you know, we're going to play the board and see, you know, we've got a couple guys in that range from at number 11. Um, and if they're not there, <laughs> I can really see this front office being comfortable trading down. I've mentioned a lot on draft class personally about how I don't see it as worth it to do something like trading up from 11 to seven. And the reason for that is because there's so much parity in this draft class after that, 
those first couple guys go off the board. I think you can get someone at 11 who is number four on your board or number five on your board. I think you can get someone at, at six that's number 18 on some other teams boards. You know, like I think there's a lot of parity in that range. So giving real, real assets up to move from just like 11 to seven doesn't intrigue me too much, but I should have taken that line of thinking and tried it out from Brock Aller's point of view. Cause I believe I would have figured out earlier that that would be a pretty good indicator that these New York Knicks might be looking to trade down. Uh, so yeah, you know, we've got to, we've got to see what, uh, what happens there. Other than that though, let's get into your questions. Let's get into some of your questions. Venno, Darren, what up, guys? Venno, Chris, a.k.a. Coach KP, can we form a prayer circle to manifest AJ Griffin to the Knicks? He's my top target at 11. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll join that prayer circle. Jeez, um, oh, that would be great. That, man, you know, I'll say something. I'll say something. I'll say something about AJ Griffin though. Cause I feel like I talk him up a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. I will throw something out there. And that's that. If we got to a point where AJ Griffin and RJ Barrett are the two wings on this team, say we trade Grimes, we trade Reddish Griffin and Barrett are the two wings. We really care about on this team. We got a superstars shooting guard from trading those young guys, but I don't know if I love the the way our wing defense would be set up. Like someone like Tari Eason with his wingspan. I think we could really use someone like that. So uh, it's tough, but AJ, you draft him to play a part uh, across from RJ. If you really believe in the offensive potential, those two have, and I don't know, but um, <laughs> two guys built like a cheese two guys built like a, they ha- both had Mario mushrooms and are gigantic and muscular. Yeah. Um, they're going to do some damage out there. All right. We've got some more comments to read. Yeah. What up? What up? All right. Two questions here. These are both from Lunas Amarat. One, if the Knicks can't trade up to four, would you want to move to seven or eight for Matherin or Sharp? And what's the most you'd give up for that deal? Okay. So I just said I wouldn't do this, but say Shade and Sharp is on the board and you know the Knicks have Kentucky Intel. They might know a little better than other teams uh, what this kid could be. Uh, well then, okay. Yeah, you could give something up to get up there, but I... I'm not, you know, doing gymnastics over the phone with these teams to to move up a couple spots. If they'll take the the Dallas, the Dallas first, that's the only thing it would take to move up. I'd really hesitate. But again, if it were for Shaden and we loved him, okay. Uh, if it's for a player we kind of like and the day they want an extra first, I can get someone I kind of like later. So. You know, let's uh, let's play the board. Let's be smart. All right. Another question. This one's from Young Lido. I love that name. Begley reported that the Knicks worked out 
Agbaji today and that Ben Matherin said he did not work out with the Knicks at all and has no more workouts scheduled. Thoughts? Okay, this is a good question. I got to say, um, the Knicks working out Agbaji, I think, again, screams two things. One, this front office is very smart and was always going to do their due diligence. They're going to um, go ahead and make sure that their bases are covered, like first, second, third, home base. All of these, man, every single little detail is going to be covered. Um, but I got to say, though, that's a trade down. <laughs> that's a trade down right there. Uh, the Knicks, I don't think, would in a million years select Oche Obaji at 11 overall. This is someone that they're working out to kind of see, hey, uh, if we move down to 15 and he's still here, is this someone we'd be comfortable adding to our team? I know Tom Thibodeau would definitely enjoy Obaji. So. That would be, you know, a, a way to go about that. I know Mr. Mark Berman said on the latest episode of Draft Class, which I hope y'all enjoyed, uh, that Ty Ty Washington is someone else they like in a trade down, but not at eleven. So that's where I think they they see Abaji as well. All right. This question is from Menno F. Another question from my guy Menno. Chris, if the Knicks are interested in Ivy as reported, why didn't they tank to position themselves better? They knew he was going top five. A trade up from seven or eight would be a lot easier from 11. Menno, this is a great question. This is something I love to talk about, uh, about tanking, right? Um, I think a lot of us play NBA 2K. Like I love my league and I love my GM. And as someone that loves those game modes, I play as a general manager and tank teams all the time to get a high draft pick because you can just simulate through the season, right? And a lot of people would argue that Tom Thibodeau kind of just simulated through this season at a certain point, running the same lineup, the same rotation, the same game plan without caring. Um, well, man... At a certain point, you've got to get butts in the seats. You've got to return revenue. The players don't want to play for a team that's intentionally trying to lose games. And uh, RJ Barrett is someone we want to keep happy and keep around here in New York. Um, I think he's reached that status of we should consider doing things if they would make him happy, right? I'm telling you guys, as someone who's been a gigantic fan of RJ since he got drafted by New York, that kid is never going to agree to go out there and try to lose a game. It's not happening. And fostering that competitive environment, like I think people kind of wrote off the playoffs for us because when we played against Atlanta, people kind of wrote off if that would have effects. And the reason for that was because we got our asses whooped. Um, but RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin, three very important young players to this franchise. All three of these guys figured out how to contribute and play productive basketball in a playoff setting in the modern NBA. Full stop. It took several games. I don't care. These are young, young players that the Knicks have that are now going to be some of the leaders, especially RJ, in the locker room with these new rookies coming in. I love that they have that experience. So, uh, yeah, should we have tanked? You could argue that. I think, though, that uh, seeing tanking as this like surefire way, like 
playing the ping pong balls isn't intriguing to teams anymore. The league changed the rules to deter teams away from that, and it's working. I'm going to be honest. All right. Another question. This one coming in from Dan Stuznik. Dan, my guy, nice to see you in the chat. Realistically, Chris, what do you think would be the package to move up to four? I'm guessing it would be hefty, but is a young player, a vet, and two firsts the value? You know what, man? I really, I think you might have just nailed it. Um, someone like Grimes, something like the Dallas first, something like pick 11. And if they really want someone like Alec Burks, you know, that's a start. Um, I, I really do think it's going to take something real, though, right? It's not just, uh, hey, Julius Randle and the 11th pick will get us to the fourth pick. If that does, it's because Sacramento is really desperate to find value on this, and they're going to take a shot at Randall returning way greater value than they're paying for. Um, but the, you know, I don't know how much they're moved by a Sabonis Randall front court, right? So definitely interesting to see what value they're going to give up. You know, like what they're going to be willing to take. But I do think, Dan, that it's going to take. The 11th pick, it's going to take one of our young players like Quentin Grimes. It won't just be, you know, value-wise, I think there's Deuce and Jericho, um, Cam Reddish right above them. Then there's Grimes, there's Obi and Quickly, and then there's RJ, right? I think it would take Grimes or someone better in that trade value ranking chart. Uh, if you guys notice, that chart kind of shakes out with how many minutes these guys have gotten, which means Nick Young players aren't bad just because they were taken in the second round and Tom Thibodeau doesn't play them a lot. Okay, now, disclaimer out of the way. Um, I think it would take Grimes or better with the 11th pick, with the Dallas pick, and yeah, with someone like Burks, not Noel, not a contract that teams maybe will bite at, something that teams definitely really, really want. All right, next question coming in from Zach Smith. Hey, Chris, thanks for taking the time. Thank you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. I, I appreciate it a million. Who are your top three to five players on a Knicks big board? And assuming we get a two or a three, do you think there'll be a rotation player this season? All right. Well, thank you, Zach, for the question. I'm putting together my thoughts a little bit here. Top three to five players on the Knicks big board. All right. Realistically, so I'm, you know, Chet, Paolo, Jabari, Ivy, not going to count those guys. Um, or you know what? No, Ivy won. Ivy won on the big board. I think his skill set is is really important for this young core. If they can move up and get him, you know, he's number one on the big board. Number two, I'm going to go with Johnny Davis. Number three, Tari Eason. Number four, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. And number five, Ben Matherin, Arizona. That is my big board for the Knicks is, is that right there. Um, Jalen over Matherin. Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, <sighs> Jalen Williams' role on this team, like, is clear as day to me. With our other wings, with our guards, with our young guys, with the kind of players we're going to be looking to add in the star department, Jalen Williams' role on this team is is going to be malleable. It's going to be consistent. It's going <laughs> to like. <sighs> 
I love that kid. I think he would have a great time playing basketball here on the Knicks. But man, um, I, I would go Jalen over Matherin. I think Matherin's going to be really good. Uh, but I got to say, I got to say, Jalen Williams might just be better. And maybe I'm crazy, but I feel that something I've learned over the years um, is that every time after every draft, I wish I leaned into my biases more. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of doing that this time. Oh, the OG, the man himself, CP. We got Nick Fancy V in the building with the super chat that I, you know, I can't believe you're too kind, man. CP says, salute, Chris, J Mac, Claudio coincidence. Great work. Thank you, sir. Thank you. sir. You just, I see you're on dad duty, but you're tapped in. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. CP man. CP always, always doing good for the community, man. This guy's crazy. Always. Man, CP, my guy. Another question coming in from Efrain Lopez. If Kings draft Keegan Murray, will Pistons or Indy even be interested in a trade if they can just select Ivy? Now the Pistons, um, I could see them just grabbing Ivy and, and running there. The Pacers are guaranteed to just grab Ivy and run there. I think with with how high they are on Halliburton, adding Ivy skill set for those two to complement each other, like ooh wee man. So even though I'm not a Halliburton guy and I'm not running up and down saying the Knicks need to trade for Jade and Ivy, the Knicks, need, you know, I yeah, that would be a killer duo. Um, the Pistons. <sighs> something tells me the Pistons know they've got to get K to second star and probably sooner than they were ready for when they drafted him. I remember telling Macri on a mailbag before last season started that if Cade is who Cade can be, in my opinion, the Pistons can be in the play in next year. And that's crazy because they weren't, but then you look at their season and uh, well, but if they didn't completely stink for like the first bit, once they got themselves together, once they acquired Bagley and were really, you know, playing Pistons basketball, they were actually on kind of track to be there. So terrible take from myself and not one that I'm going to be trying to grab credits for. But I think the idea there is that Kate is really good. And now, so Detroit, you might be able to convince to take a bunch of first rounders, but I don't think that's a deal. The Knicks are in a position to make. Question. Next one coming in from Aaron Roy. Who will be the better player when it's all said and done? RJ or Ivy? Oh, conventional wisdom says stick with what's known and RJ, but I think Ivy has the tools to be better. Yeah, man, I got to say. It's really hard to think that far into the future, but the way I've always seen RJ is um, something like one of those guys in the league that's just always in everyone's top 25. Like everyone knows he's consistently a top 25, 30 player. Um, but then there are seasons, there are seasons where he's a consensus top 20 consensus, top 15 guy based off just that one season. And as that continues to happen, we get to a point where, Hey, this guy might be top 15 and we can be comfortable saying it. Okay. Well, that is, uh, that's okay, right? But but Ivy, 
Here's the thing with Ivy though. Um uh, that athleticism, that first step is so killer. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Jaden Ivy's absolutely going to be better than RJ. Because me personally, you guys know, I think that when you're picking a player like this, it's not just, oh, he'll be better. It's I'm betting on this guy, right? And I'm betting on RJ Barrett personally. But I'm also personally insane about how good RJ Barrett's going to be. So yeah, you know, I get if you pick Ivy and I completely get it. I'm going with Barrett. This is to say again, I completely understand if your pick is Jaden Ivy. We got another super chat question coming in from Lunis Amarat. Thoughts on Duran and his ceiling. I've warmed up on him. I really like Jalen Duran. I really like Jalen Duran. Um, Man, I, I I gotta say he's super athletic. He's super physical. Um, he, you know, if you guys have seen Rob Williams' tape from Texas A and M, um, he was kind of like shitting on people. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't get drafted higher. I was just talking about this with my guy Lucas Kaplan over in enemy territory with the Nets. Um, but yeah, Duran, man, he's someone who I think if he's there at eleven. You got to say, you got to rip up the speech and freestyle it. You got to say, fuck the draft plan. That whole top five big board I just gave you guys. Take Durant and run, right? Just take him and trust in your development staff. I know we lost Coach Kenny Payne to Louisville. Take Durant there because what that allows you to do is sell moving your timeline back. We can just trade Randall for assets. We can let Mitch go in a sign and trade, get a second rounder back, right? There are moves we can make to line up with that pick. Um, and he's such a great talent. He's such a great talent. All right. Got another question coming in from Omar Toppin. Love the name. Is there an internal battle between Leon, the Don, and Tibbs to play the young gunners? Will Tibbs start Ivy if we moved up to get him? Okay. I know Ivy's a rookie, but you know that quote Tibbs has about, I have a bias toward good players. Yeah, that is how you get Ivy starting in year one. Uh, maybe not instantly. Like, say we still have Burks. All right. Uh, he starts for a little bit, you know, classic Tibbs. And then Ivy starts. But man, Tom Thibodeau, this is a guy who was the coach for Derrick Rose. Like prime Derek Rose. <laughs> he is going to love Jaden Ivey if he gets his hands on him. I think even to a detrimental extent, because he might try too hard to have him be D Rose. That's okay with me. <laughs> That's okay with me. All right. We got a question from Darren Hood. Uh, so let's see it. I have a question. I have an answer. Would you, what, what would you like to see the Knicks do on draft night? Trade up or trade down? Right now, I got to say that with the value, it seems. That Sacramento is going to recoup from trading anything with this pick. I'd like to move up and take Ivy. I really would. Uh, but I, the way I see things playing out, honestly, I think that it's not hard to just say, all right, let's trade down. Let's recoup an extra asset. Because again, remember, the Knicks path to being good, they need a star. And uh, I, I got to say, they don't have one that's like to the extent that they need yada yada right so 
yeah, um, I, I would I would trade down, but that's assuming our guys are gone. That's assuming Johnny Davis is gone at eleven. If he's there at eleven, well, let's give you guys a live update. Mister Davis is currently number six on my latest big board, so I'm taking him at eleven and running. Oh, super chat came in. All right. Shout out my guy, Tyler Cruz for the super chat. Let me read this question right away. Let me get right to it. Picking the BPA at 11 just creates more of a log jam. That said, they either trade up back or out. Is this the defining moment for Leon so far? Tyler, thank you so much for the question. Thank you so much for the super chat. Um, Man, I got to say Leon Rose is having a lot of almost deals hit his uh hit his line hit his resume a lot of almost acquisitions you guys know how i feel about this front office i really like this front office i really like how they run this team i like that they messed up last season and i like that they're going to learn from it i like that our owner is has enough faith in them to learn from that mistake too with what they did last year so for me i think i'm confident in them to handle this but <laughs> This probably is the biggest offseason for Rose just yet because building a foundation your own way, you know, hiring Tom Thibodeau kind of fast tracks that as we saw. Uh, and then I had the chance to build off that and they didn't. So I would say, you know, if we trend down again next year, which I really doubt unless we get someone like Ivy and our tanking, uh, as we'll talk about in this week's episode of draft class. So Tune in this Saturday for that shameless promo. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they take a step back in the wins department, though. So, yeah, you know, this offseason, I won't say the draft. I'll say the whole offseason, how the Randall situation is handled. Is he back in a reduced role? Is he back and three games go by of a reduced role and he's back in the normal role that we all don't like watching? You know, um, got to got to figure that out, man. Chris, a new question coming in from Menno F. Chris, if AJ Griffin and Johnny Davis are both there at pick 11, who are you taking? Wow. That is really tough. Uh, but as I just said, Johnny Davis is number six on my big board. Means there's only five guys ahead of him. One of them is AJ Griffin. I would go AJ Griffin there. Uh, and I wouldn't say I would take AJ and run between him and Johnny. But uh, I got to say, I think AJ can be the better player. And if you think that, then you've got to, you've probably got to do something about that, right? You know, don't let that opportunity slip by just because uh, you, you were scared of the injury. Maybe like, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what the thinking is. If you like him more and, and you don't take him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, that's a good question. Let me get to Oh, hold on. 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 Got my guy Chip Murphy in the chat. Oh, man. What is up? Chip, how are we doing? Thank you so much for the super chat. Let me get right to this. Congrats on the new show, Chris. Thank you, sir. I still want AJ Griffin, but I think Jalen Durant is going to be the guy. AJ would be fantastic, man. But Chip, I think Durant would be great too. So I I, I wouldn't see that as, as a bad thing, right? Uh, I think I'm going to have Durant three or four spots behind Griffin on my board. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> Darren would be great. Darren would be great. All right, let's get to this next question coming in from Chet Nick. If that's a home grin reference, I like it. Do you have any thoughts on Max Christie? Okay, yeah, I do. Um, but not deep ones, not developed ones. I've watched one full game of his. He's on the list to see a second. Uh, so, you know, do I want to judge him off just one game? Not necessarily. Uh, I will say that for someone with the repute, who had the reputation before college of being a knockdown shooter, shooting 31% is kind of rough um not gonna lie no way to spin that but man his measurements were all right at the combine and uh i would have loved to have seen him in the scrimmages but he didn't opt to participate in those so you know not really sure what the vibes were there uh but yeah i definitely i definitely want to watch more of him before i 
start like saying things about who he'll be in the NBA because I'm not comfortable projecting a career for someone who is this is one game. I can't judge him off one game. Would you trade down if most of the benefit is getting off Randall? No. No. Um, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, I, can't, I can't say I would. Uh, now, say it's from 11 to 13 and we get PJ Washington back. Yeah, but that, that's not what you asked. That's, uh, um, that is... It's not going to happen. So, yeah, no. Uh, Randall being like and moving off Randall being the return would be frustrating to me. And it would demonstrate uh, probably a lack of patience that I don't think this front office has just yet. So, we'll see. But in theory, yeah, thinking about it more, do not love that. Another question coming in from Aaron Roy. Obviously not happening. Uh, we, uh, this is how I know we're, I'm about to enter a dangerous dream world. But what is your reaction if the Knicks trade RJ and the Mavs pick for Ivy? Oh, <laughs> dangerous dream world it is. Um, I would probably be livid. Like just flat out livid. I don't think there's a world where I could like, dude, if this, the Kings are there at number four and they say, screw it, we're not picking, we'll take RJ Barrett. I think the Knicks would say no. So for, for to throw in another first on top of that, to turn RJ Barrett and a first round pick into a player that might one day be as good as RJ Barrett. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. And I know that can sound Homer-ish, but this is not just because RJ wears orange and blue. This is not just because we probably have matching shirts. on. It's because I'm really high on what that kid's going to be. And I've explained why. And I've spent hours arguing with people I've never met in real life on Twitter about this kid's potential because I feel very strongly about this kid's potential. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, you know, a, a thought. We've got another super chat in from relaxing nature sounds. Wow. That's, um, that's like a deep cut. I feel like on YouTube, like those channels can have like a million views and you'd never know it. We trade. All right. I'm side, side rant aside. Thank you for the super chat. I'm going to get right to your question. Let's see what you got. We trade up for Ivy. He plays meaningful minutes, leading us to just miss the play in. We pay off the lotto gods to get the number one pick and we take Wemby. I can dream from your lips to Walt Frazier's ears. Uh, sorry, I mean God's ears. Um, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. All right. Next question coming in from Ranger. Do you think Houston is a threat to pick Ivy? Perhaps pick swap with Kings. I'm going to dance around this question uh, to start by saying that and to give myself time to think by saying that I think Ivy and Jalen green is a duo that isn't getting enough attention as like a potential wrecking ball crew. Um, but for Houston to actually take him there, uh, assuming that Paulo Boncaro is going to be there. 
you know, that guy's my number two on my board. And the way I've got it, like I have Chet and Paolo, and then there's everyone else. So then Jabari, Jaden, uh, Shaden, Johnny, all these guys, like after, after, tier below, right? So I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think so because I think they really like, um, I think they really like, I think they really like what they've got. Yeah. Uh, oh, question coming in from my guy, Zach. If the Knicks traded for Philly's number 23 pick, who are some guys you like in that range? That's a good question. Um, I will say that I'm going to throw you a bone and, and say Marjan Bochamp. Um, I do think, I think Bochamp can be, he would be a Grimesy pick. I think that's the way to put it is he would be a Grimesy pick, but he adds like another dimension to this that, yeah, I, uh, I would, I would like that if we traded for that pick, say up from 42. Um, if Jalen Williams, Santa Clara is there at 23, that is a home run selection. Someone else I like at 23 um, would be, man, this is tough. Blake Wesley. Um, yeah. Blake Wesley would be, I feel like a nice little swing there if he's okay with the year of Westchester, cause he's not going to be doing much in the NBA year one. And, I don't see Tom Thibodeau wanting to deal with that. Um, and one more guy that if he's there, I really like in that range is Ohio State's EJ Liddell. Uh, I think he's a better prospect than Malachi Branham. I think he is as close as it gets. Uh, I'll put it like this. There's a guy every year that I'm like, he's going to be good and he's not going to be high on my big board and I'm going to regret it because he's going to be good. Last year, I think it was Jeremiah Robinson Earl um, was my pick for that. Like He's just going to be good. <laughs> uh, and I think EJ Liddell is the pick for that this year, but he's way better than JRE. Like, this guy is so legit. This guy is so legit. Joseph, my guy, missed the beginning of the show. No problem, man. Dang or... Williams as an upside play. All right. So the question is Uzman Jiang or Jalen Williams as an upside play. Prez, shout out Prez, has done everything in his power. He's done everything he can to try and sell me on Uzman Jiang. I like, I like Uzman Jiang. I love Jalen Williams. I love Jalen Williams. I think. I don't want to spoil too much of the big board here, but y'all are tuning in for dream. I got to give you some, some tidbits, right? Jalen Williams is number 12 on my most recent big board for general all teams. Number 12. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, maybe I'm not. We'll see. <laughs> Bricks nation coming in with the question, Chris, would you trade Randall 11 and the Dallas pick to the Pacers for Brogdon and number six? Yes. Yes, I would. I would do that trade. And the reason is because Indiana wouldn't. Um, I believe the Knicks are winning that in terms of them being able to move up. And if you see it as Randall for Brogdon, both teams get an opportunity. The Pacers, you know, an offensive weapon for these young guards they're going after for Halley and, and yeah, uh, a four to play next to Isaiah Jackson to replace Sabonis, you know, sell Sabonis high, get Halliburton, and then buy low on Randall to replace him. I could see that, right? 
Um, getting Brogdon back for the Knicks would be cool because we're not giving up 11 for Brogdon the way it has been suggested the team is interested in. I think Brock Aller would have a stroke before he ever signed off on that personally. Um, but moving up five spots, giving up the Dallas pick and Randall, getting Brogdon back. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. All right, all right. Let's see what we got. Is Claudio here? Yes, he is. Andrew is the man, and he is behind the scenes uh, helping out as always. Question coming in from Zach Smith. Who is your top four mock? You just talked about Ivy and Jalen Green. I'd love to hear how you do the top four. I know you've taken multiple perspectives in your mocks. Not sure where you currently stand. Thank you so much for the questions, man. And, and thank you so much for checking out the mock drafts that I've put out. One's coming soon. I'm going to do a full first round mock draft uh, and get that out for you guys before the NBA draft. But I will say right now, the way I see things playing out is a total clusterfuck of smoke screens. Um, in the Strickland mock draft, it was leaked by Alex Wolf that the, he would be taking Jabari Smith number one overall. He had no intention of doing that, but he got Omar to give him assets to trade up so he could take Jabari. And that was really funny because he played him like a fiddle. Uh, yeah, I think the Magic might have a little bit of that going on. I think there was this really early report that they like are taking Jabari. And then a couple of weeks later, Kevin O'Connor was like, I heard they like Paolo for what it's worth. <laughs> what? You know, like, uh, all right. To mock the top four out, though, we've got Houston at three. We've got Sacramento at four. I'm going to lock Ivy into that four spot. I don't know if he's going to end up a king. I think he gets taken four. So we'll see. Now for three, two, one, we've got Orlando one. We've got OKC two and we've got Houston three. Uh, I will say that Orlando. Orlando. See, do you want me to say who the team's going to take or who goes what slot? Because I think Orlando might play the board to try and end up with Paolo uh, and trade down and get someone to trade up for Jabari. But here's the thing. I don't think anyone's going to trade up for Jabari. So I'll do this. Orlando will take Paolo number one, despite reports that they're taking Jabari Smith. I'm going to say screw it. And I'm going to dance to my own tune here. Orlando's taking Paolo one. This is going to leave Chet number two for Oklahoma City. And Houston at number three is going to take Jabari Smith because he's there. Um, yeah. What I would do personally, though, man, if I were Orlando, I'm taking Chet. If I were Paolo, I'm, yeah, I wish I was Paolo. If I were Oklahoma City, I'm taking Paolo there at number two and doing Shea and Paolo. Number three, Houston. I'm going to go Jabari Smith. They have the time to develop him. He needs like four moves to become a wrecking crew, one man style on offense. And then number four, Jaden Ivey. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to some more questions, man. Let's get to some more questions. All right. Sending love from Romania. Aunt Caruso. Wow. That's gorgeous. Akiva Friedman. What would the FO have to do this off season to make you lose faith in them? Don't say trading for Russ, LOL. All right, Akiva, thank you for the question. I would say to really make me lose faith in them, the front office would have to do something. Okay, how about this? You like my crazy analogies? Let's, let's throw it out there. I really liked Star Wars Episode Eight. I know that's a hot take. 
I like Star Wars Episode Eight. I thought even though it, the product wasn't fantastic, what it tried to do was really good. What Star Wars Eight tried to do was really good. It, uh, uh, Ryan Johnson came out and he said, "You don't have to be a Skywalker to be super powerful. You can be anybody, right?" So even though it wasn't a fantastic movie, what it tried to do, I thought was really cool. This last Nick season, really bad result, critically unacclaimed. But what it tried to do, I like. I like what they tried to do last season. So. If they come out in episode nine and spend the movie with corny bits rewriting over everything that episode eight did, um, I'm not going to be a fan of that. But, you know, if you t- if you come out, you take The Last Jedi and you undo everything written, you come out, you trade Fournier, attach a first round pick and get nothing back. You come out, Noel, attach it, just bomb the roster of the contracts that everyone thinks are bad. Uh, and you just totally write over it. You come out like they did in the Rise of Skywalker and say, never mind to the whole last three hours of cinema. This is what's going on now. Disney. Uh, yeah, no, I'm okay. But if they come out and, and try to build on their mistake, I'll like that. Uh, you know, coming out and, and being like, uh, we're going to attach IQ to Julius Randall. That's not going to happen. But if it did, that I would be out on, on the front office at that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there's my analogy for that. I, uh, I, that just came to mind. And I, yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, how disappointed Andrew is later. Uh, <laughs> new question coming in from Dirty Dancer. As someone who is a coach for kids, I, my my flags go up when I when I read that. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, you know, keep it PG in the chat. Would you be mad at 11 for 17 and 26? Yes, I would. That would signal that the front office is so married to drafting their guys that they couldn't even try to just take someone at 11. And get really good value in a veteran or something right after the draft. Um, I I I thought I wouldn't do that because unless like I swear to our Lord Earl the Pearl Monroe that like EJ Liddell or like Jalen Williams is going to be there at seventeen, and uh, a point guard I love is going to be there at twenty six. Okay, like all right, right, but. Uh, I'm not. So I would, I would draft at 11. All right. Got another question coming in, uh, from shush books. That's a keyboard mash, but I decided I'd try and pronounce it. Do you have any stash favorites with our second rounder? Yes, absolutely. Alonis Williams. If he's there at 42, um, I'm not stashing him. I'm giving him a shot to play. I'm moving. I'm moving vets and uh, going out of my way to create playing time for him. Do uh, all right. Let me think. Who else? Okay, um, Coloco, Christian Coloco. I think the Knicks like have bragging rights to every other team right now with finding Jericho Sims at 58 in last year's draft. I know personally, and this is not you know me being like source alert, source alert. Come get your news, but like, all right, like. Yeah, I've heard that there's a reason that Sims fell like off the court 
Um, that has nothing to do with like who he is, but just like teams weren't super comfortable maybe investing in that guy. And the Knicks were like, hey, we think he can be really good at basketball and we're a basketball team. So we're going to draft him. And it worked really, really, really well. Um, I would love to take Christian Coloco and, and stash him in the same kind of way. A question coming in from JG that I think uh, I think I can say is certifiably evil. Would Nick fans flip out more if IQ leaves or Obi? I've got to say Obi. I've got to say, man, if the Knicks kept Julius Randle and traded Obi Toppin. Can I get a hot takeout? If the Knicks traded Randall and if the Knicks kept Randall and traded Obi Toppin, I think we would see our first organized protests outside MSG. I think we would see our first organized protests outside MSG. That's my take on that. Oh man, that would be something. (laughs) That would be something. All right. Omar Toppin coming in with another question. I believe we have our PG already in Deuce McBride. Do you agree? Also love Alondis Williams too. Knicks tape. Knicks tape, man. That's my childhood Knicks team. That's literally the team I grew up on. Um, and that made me fall in love with NBA basketball. Like for real. I played basketball from when I was four. Knicks tape. That team made me fall in love with the NBA and turned me into the addict. The sick, sick addict that I am today for trade rumors and basketball discourse. Anyway, let's answer your question. Um, Deuce McBride is someone who I think I would surprise people, which is why... Okay, like if I didn't have any sort of brand, I would just scream from the rooftops that like he's going to be better than Jalen Brunson in two years. Um, But I'm afraid of how that take is going to age, so I'm not screaming it from the rooftops. However... In that last sentence, I dropped an opinion on Deuce that I will now not repeat because it will get me in trouble with Jeremy Cohen uh, that, you know, kind of signals how I feel about him. Um, I think that something that's really important in the NBA is stopping the first action on offense. I talked about this on cap or no cap with Jeremy. It was why the Celtics and the Heat were the Eastern Conference final teams. They're really good at at making offenses uncomfortable. there's someone by the name of Deuce McBride who put Kyle Lowry in hell in a cell, like in the regular season multiple times. Like I just can't, I cannot get over the fact that this kid outplayed Kyle Lowry head to head. Now is Kyle Lowry some stud nowadays? No. Right. But he's a veteran. He has a lot of experience and this scrappy little kid came and took his lunch money. I'm betting on that kid. If you are 21 years old, 22 years old, coming in your first game ever against Kyle Lowry and making him look silly, I'm not just going to ignore that because you were the 36th pick. I'm not just going to say, hey, well, we didn't invest a lot into him, so there's no pressure for him to turn into anything. I had Deuce McBride number 21 on my big board last year, and I told my graphic design guy while he was making my big board, I said, by the way, that kid, Deuce McBride, He's going to be the steal of the draft and he's going to go at like 25 to the Clippers and he's going to be the steal of the draft. Cut to draft night. 35th pick gets made. Deuce McBride is on the board. The New York Knicks are on the clock and they did the right thing and took him there. He's going to be great. He's going to be a really good player and I'm not afraid to say it just because he was taken in the the second round. Another question coming in from Darren Hood. What's up, man? I have another question. Do you feel as though the Knicks will become winners on the night of the draft compared to how everyone else thinks? 
I think that uh, I think that the Knicks can come out winners the way they have in a lot of different situations. Like, for example, Obi Toppin falling to eight, taking Emmanuel quickly and watching him turn into what he's turned into. That's a really, really good draft, right? But say they play it conservative again and they trade back, right? Well, if they trade back, then... Yeah, I don't know you can say they won the draft. I just don't know if you can say that. However, however, if they trade up, they're going to have to give up a lot. And I don't think they'd be seen as winners if they walked away with Jade and Ivy just because they're the Knicks, right? So, oh, the Knicks gave up a bunch to move up for a guy who hasn't touched the court yet. <laughs> I'm really smart. Um, you know, I don't think they'll be seen as winners uh, if they do that either. And I feel like they're either trading up or trading down. I, I can't see. Actually, you know what? I can see them just sticking at 11 and picking Johnny Davis if he's there. But reports are coming out that Washington, probably Bradley Beal specifically, likes him at 10. So, yeah, you know, I think that uh, I think that the Knicks have a chance at 11 to move up. Um, and make some noise, man. Question coming in from Menno. Chris, are you surprised the Knicks haven't worked out Matherin? You know what? Yeah, actually. And I'll tell you why. I heard some intel uh, a little bit back and the intel came with a disclaimer that the person sharing the intel has no idea which member of the front office it is. Uh, so I was like, what? <laughs> what they said was that there's a member of the front office who really likes Matherin. And it would just when I personally think about it, it would it would be Scott Perry if I had to guess, but I, I, I'm not going to don't take my word for that. I just, I believe it would be Scott Perry who really likes him. Now I will say though, the reason I'm a little bit unsurprised and the reason I'm not flipping out over this is one, I don't really personally love Matherin as a prospect. Um, so it's kind of feeding, it's kind of stroking my ego. If, if the possibility exists that, um, they don't like him at 11, but uh, in all seriousness too, um, Sam Vecini was a guest here on draft class. That's crazy. First of all, second of all, um, he said that teams are going to be really comfortable with Mather and teams are going to be really comfortable drafting him. And that because of his frame, because of his work ethic, because of his shooting teams are going to take him, you know, mid lottery and be fine with it. Given that, New Orleans, Portland, these teams are potential trade down spots. You know, I just think that he'll be gone. I think he'll be gone by 11. And maybe the Knicks found that out and decided not to waste their time. Uh, but maybe they interviewed him in Chicago. So there's some digging around I can do on that because I don't know if he, what he was like. Maybe he was only talking about workouts and like. They interviewed. We'll see. You know, maybe they've seen what they need to what they need to see, so they didn't feel the need to bring him in for a workout because if he's there on the clock, they'll just take him. Uh, but I don't know if I would say I'm that confident in that. All right, another question in from uh, 
shush gun to your head if Sacramento demanded one of IQ and Obi for the Ivy pick, would you do it? Who'd you rather hold on to? This is really hard. I'm going to say that I'd rather hold on to Emmanuel quickly. And the reason for that is because I think that his value is way higher than what people think around the league. Um, Like I think teams value him as a cool bench scorer, which is kind of the narrative that the media pushes in New York for him too. Uh, And that doesn't really help his trade value. Right. But if you think IQ can be a starting guard, I think IQ can be a decent starting guard in the NBA. I'm not talking about a perennial all-star, you know, don't put words in my mouth, but I do think that um, he could be a starting one and a, and a consistently good one Uh, because of that. I think I would rather give up Obi Toppin just because you're going to get more back for him right now, if I had to guess. And the reason for that is because he had those 10 games as a starter where he was really able to show out. He put up 21, 10 and three on over 50% shooting from the field. It was 59% if I remember correctly. So yeah, even though it's tough to have Obi and Randall, um, I got to say, I, 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 uh, that kind of fixes that. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I would, I would really try to give draft picks instead. And really quickly, here's why we have good players. We have good young players. We also have a lot of draft picks. We hope that draft picks turn into good young players. It's like you ever see Family Guy when Peter Griffin turns down the yacht for the mystery box because there could be a yacht inside the mystery box. Um, <laughs> I don't love it. So let me get to this last question here from Zach Smith. Who do you think is a surprise guy to jump in the lotto? What about someone who surprisingly falls out of the lotto? I think it's Jalen Williams and Sohan, respectively. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't want to say steal, but like I'm, I'm using your answer. Sohan is the surprise guy to fall out of the lottery. Jalen Williams is the surprise guy to get drafted in the lottery. Um, I'm literally taking your answers because they are what mine would have been if you hadn't included them. So (laughs) yeah, I got to say that is easy for me. Thank you for that. And then uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Man, I, I gotta, I gotta really thank y'all for tuning in. Um, I, I, I can't imagine. I couldn't have imagined this much support in my first ever live stream draft related on the channel. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, and a little, a little inside note here. Uh, shout out Brooklyn. Zach, thank you. Great job. This was awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you a million. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to run another dream. So do not fret. Uh, there will be there will be a, a sequel. So make sure to tune in. Make sure to come back. Make sure to tell a friend. Tell your local bodega cat what you think. And uh, peace out, y'all. Thank you, guys. Thank you.